how do we make today's podcast as clickbaity as possible? I'm going to start off with Mr. Goff, and I'm going to ask you for our addressable audience of millions please kick off by describing what a data lake is yeah so a data lake really is a place to store lots of different kinds of data together so that can go from your very structured data like you would expect to find in a relational database it can go into sort of semi-structured data such as csv files or Excel. It can go right into uh, much more unstructured data, such as text files. It can be data gleaned from social media. It could go into audio files. It can go into pictures and video, the lot. So in in theory, it's, it's a massive repository for storing basically raw data that you're capturing from different sources. I tend to describe it in what a data lake is versus a data warehouse is really in terms of the process of how you use it. So in a data warehouse, classically, you are describing the schema of that data uh, at the time you're writing the data into the data warehouse, whereas you tend in a data lake to only describe that schema when you read from it and in terms of how you are processing data into and out of that data lake versus a data warehouse in a data warehouse you tend to use an etl process so extract transform and load you extract the data from the source you transform it you then load it into the data warehouse in a data lake that tends to become more of an elt process so extract load and transform not to be confused with blt (laughs) is it lunchtime there (laughs) it's almost lunchtime for me that's what i mean that's what you're talking blt yeah (laughs) it's dinner time for you guys that's why we're talking elt yeah and you're talking blt and and nothing to do with elo either no um, but no, re- re- returning to uh, to ELT. So we look at Tom keeping us on the straight and narrow. Go on, sorry. <laughs> Track, load, and load and transform. So you transform the data when you actually come to read it only. So it's a it's a useful way of storing data if you're not a hundred percent sure what you're going to do with that data down the line, but you know you're going to be doing something. So that's uh, that's your your way of processing the data in there. So that's broadly speaking, what a data lake is. So therefore, a big part of it is structured versus unstructured information. Now, I think, you know, we're, we're very aware of how we deal with structured information because we've been doing it for so long. So therefore, I guess the first question on my mind for all of this is dealing with that unstructured information and indexing and making some sense out of it without that being a hugely time consuming job if we're taking photography for example or you know pdfs obviously they can be they can be read but you know taking that unstructured information and indexing it in a way that is meaningful so you can retrieve it um, against searches and do something with it what is that task like shaylan 
I was going to say, the database pretty much covers that. You know, you you can throw a lot at it, and you can throw a lot of, um, I'd say, yeah, so structured, unstructured as well. But if you think about unstructured data, um, the size of data you can actually throw at a data lake is a lot bigger than a, a structured data database, for example, or a data repository. Um, in fact, up to, you know, 200 times bigger. You can have petabytes of information there. You could have a single file as a, as a petabyte. You know, I've never come across a single file as a petabyte, though, but a petabyte as just a single file and store that in a, in a, in a data lake. So, for example, if you want to store a whole, you know, an audio file or a movie file or um, lots of survey responses, for example, that could be a bit more unstructured because instead of responding to a, I'll give you a use case actually. So instead of responding to a survey and you've got lots of dropdowns, if you had free text, right, within a survey. Now, um, we have actually um, uh, done that. So we, we store that information, it's stored somewhere, and then it comes into um, a data lake with other information as well. But then analyzing it, um, the especially that you know the um, the unstructured uh, part where it's just a free text response, we actually applied some you know scripts on top of it. So um, using you know so scripts on top of it to look at things where there may be patterns. So where someone has where people have responded, what are those themes? What are those patterns? And um, we used uh, we actually use NLP. You know, so natural language processing on top of that to then um, bring out those contextual themes, and they were kind of wildly different to, um, in a good way as well, to what they thought they had. So where they thought from these responses, a category or these categories were actually in this priority or this order, when applying that um, that learning to and and scripting out just taking out those core that core information from that text that is unstructured data was a stark kind of contrast and it and it actually opened their eyes as well to think well actually not everyone's complaining or they're talking about this they're actually talking about this yeah um, and it just gave them another uh, perspective but uh, going back to you know that unstructured um, uh, data as well and Kind of let's you, you talk about you know indexing it or, or retrieving it. Well, you can throw it. It, it is all uh, if you look at some of the you know data lakes, it's, it's cloud based. You can throw um, these these files at that data lake. And if you need to scale up, it's actually done as a as a per job. So when you're looking at transacting or re retrieving things per job, if you need to throw extra horsepower at it, you can. So to take an example, if we threw this podcast at it, and if we carried on talking for the next 75 weeks, then maybe we could make it a petabyte. If we tried really, really hard, obviously we'd have to like sleep in shifts or something like that. But mention mention Excel quite a few times in there, and see how many times it <laughs> see how many times it picks lot. up. We've said Excel, but audio. Yeah. So for example, a data lake can do speech you know it can do audio it can do with speech processing it can pick out you know images of people in photographs it deals with with you know it takes it can deal with that type of unstructured data and put some metadata against it and make it meaningful in some way yeah i, th I think though to, to be 
so clear on that the the data lake itself doesn't do that it's that's the storage part yeah the the data lake represents just the storage engine behind it the the and this is where it's an elt process because it's that transform as you read it that you're doing in and that's where you're throwing other tools at it like um that that could be a tool like hadoop or something to do distributed processing on it you could be running r scripts and machine learning models over it you could point something like synapse analytics at it to essentially read that less structured data as though it's a more structured data set and treat it like SQL. So you can start talking to that data in um, SQL in, in the same way you would with a normal database table. So you can you can start to treat it in all of those ways. But yeah, the, the, the data lake itself doesn't really care what you're doing with it. No, it's just, it's more of a storage you you can just throw um, all of these, let's mm. say files, etc., documents, etc., at it, and it will store it. Um, and that that was you know the Tom you touched upon R script, and that's exactly what we used for the the NLP um, piece. It was it was our um, script to pull out you know that that information. Audio files is is another one we we have an example of that as well. A real well a real life case actually where there was a lot of audio and the audio was actually captured by people recording as they were going through different scenarios it was actually training scenarios um and so different training scenarios they have um on with on their you know they've got an audio device attached to them and so as they're going through this it's capturing all of that audio device and then that was stored and retrieving it another software actually to retrieve and key things within there and tag it. Yep. So we can actually, then you can actually play it at that point to say, Oh, how many times did it say about this particular piece, a mission, for example, it said about that mission, that that training, we need to do this. And it picks up the audio and tags everything. What kind of scale are we looking at for data lakes now? I mean, in terms of, you know, company size, organizational size, data size that, you know, you need to be to really, you know, to really start investing in this. Well, I don't think you necessarily need to be talking about massive, massive amounts of data. I mean, sometimes it's simply a matter of data lake storage is cheap compared to structured database storage. So um, to sort of t- touch on a bit of a, an IoT type example, um, data being flowed through at say 15 minute intervals from 8,000 sensors daily. Now you might only need to regularly analyze trends over the course of what it was at the end of a day every day over a period of time. Uh, so you, you probably don't want to be mostly processing all of that data all the time. So you don't want to load all of that into your data, in, into a database uh, in all of that detail when you're only going to process maybe 1% of that data in your reporting. But you might want to start throwing that into some machine learning to start making predictions over what might happen 
over the course of different days with different variables going in. So you still want to keep that full resolution of data for that task, but your main dashboard might only want 1% of that data. So you take you cherry pick the 1% you want to process daily and leave the rest of it in the data lake to do other more heavy duty batch processing stuff with later. Okay, so what then, and we've talked about governance and compliance and that type of good stuff a number of times. What is the risk with a data lake that it just becomes a dumping ground? I don't know if this is the point we get onto swamp. But it is actually, that is exactly what the data swamp is. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. How do you effectively manage your data lake so it doesn't become a data swamp? Well, governance, you mentioned, how it's it's very similar to, to think of data lake, you can just throw anything at it, right, and store lots of information, yep. structured, semi-structured, unstructured. But um, think of a, going back now a little bit, think of a file share. Yep. And then everyone just storing stuff within this file share. Usually Excel files. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. Good point. <laughs> yeah, lots of Excel files. Bit of CSV, other text files, documents, um, pictures, you know, so images, videos, um, but they they store it anywhere. Now you, you you can give them the best kind of structure in the world to say this type of file store here, this type of file store here. But then you have to start thinking about archiving. Then you have to start thinking about retention and policies. Yeah, yeah? Um, and that's the overall governance piece. Because, um, and, and the, the downside here is, if you have that file share, great, it's an, it's an on-premises file share, you can throw it at it, you know when it's going to run out. Yeah, and it gives you these warnings, say, oh, I run out of space, and we need to do some kind of cleanup exercise. With a data lake, it might just keep on growing. Yeah, because it's in the cloud. It, it will just keep on growing, it's in the cloud. So those governance pieces, I you know, would suggest they should be there. Um, especially yeah. defining those policies. So retention, archiving, um, owners, um, the types of files, you know, how long do you need to store them for, um, et cetera. Yeah, Tom. I was going to say, I think you also need to think a little bit as well about what you're actually capturing and not capturing absolutely everything. Um, and whilst one of the advantages of a data lake is that you can capture all sorts of things and decide what you're going to do with it later it's also worth trying to think about it in terms of capturing only stuff that you genuinely believe you have a use case for later so it's there's a temptation to go well we can capture all of our Facebook likes and all of our Twitter interactions and everything like that, because it's potentially useful marketing stuff. Well, maybe it is, but you've got to start thinking a bit more carefully about, well, do we genuinely think this has a use case in six months? And if we're not going to act on trying to get insights out of this within that time period, let's not start capturing it until we're a bit closer to, actually knowing what we want to use it for. So, I mean, some of the basics about data management really obviously hold here. So, you know, only carry what you need to survive, 
um, you know, make sure you've got correct governance procedures around it, etc. Are are really important here. I take it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's all the same things we would uh, we would say in any other circumstance when we're talking about what you import into a Power BI model, for example. It's a matter of just thinking about what you need to do to actually build that report that you want. Do do data lakes then over time become de facto in terms of the way organizations will go about storing their information because obviously so much of what gets generated in organizations is is unstructured one of the classic issues has always been is you know mixing those two together yeah i think i think there is yeah a tendency for that and i think that that's where well where, where we're heading because of the size of data the amount of data you know um and and I think the ease of exporting to things like Data Lake, if you look at Dynamics, you know, recently, well, not recently, but Dynamics has the export to Data Lake. Yeah, and you, you can enable it. Um, and 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 it will you will store that data within within a data lake. But you don't want just that data within data lake. You would have you'd you'd probably have other data within the data lake as well. So other data sources coming into that, that data lake. Yeah, I think it's also the case the da- data lake won't be the only part of your data strategy because you're all, when you've got that structured data that you know a lot about its metadata, you can actually make um, stuff that's a lot more performant and you can query a lot faster the more you understand about the uh, data source. So it's the the thing if you if you know that that something comes in columns and rows and it has certain data types and it's always going to be these things well you can actually make use of that metadata as well to make that be um uh, something you can query a lot faster than a less structured form in a data lake so it's it's not going to be i don't think it's, it's going to become the only thing in the in in terms of data storage but it will become ubiquitous across most companies i think but that will still reside alongside structured relational databases and data warehouses and and what what is the decision process organizations are going through right now with regards to data what what are the kind of questions that you're getting asked what are the considerations that organizations are going through to say yep this is the right way forward for us or conversely actually um we are you know we're not going to pursue this technology we're going to push it out by a couple of years i think more you know more recently i think we've had questions i'd say questions or or just uh, things from clients where they say oh let's just put it into data lake yeah we need data lake well but, but i think sometimes we would ask um why and if yeah. they really need a data lake so like, why do you need a data lake do you you know and then once you once you kind of dig in and understand uh, i mean a lot of the cases yeah i think a, a data lake is is beneficial um a lot of the other times it's well actually you may not need it because you don't have that level of of data you don't have all of that unstructured data um and you're thinking just it's a primary source of data um but, but, you know, lots of people are thinking about Data Lake. I think um, organizations are thinking about it um, because it's available. Um, and when you look at most of the, the prior, um, uh, vendors out there, 
but let's not, you know, and if we think about just Microsoft, they make it quite easy to say, yep, here we go. You can have Azure Data Lake and you can do this with it and this with it and have some really good use cases. Um, so it's on people's radar. Yep. Yeah, I think most companies will have use cases where a data lake will be useful for them. Uh, it's more a case of, I think there's a slight danger at the moment that the data lake is becoming a little bit of a buzzword and companies are thinking a little bit too much in terms of, well, we've heard of data lakes, therefore we think we should have one. Well, actually, I also agree that I think they should probably have one but probably not for the reasons they think they need one. Yeah. And maybe going into it, be restrictive in terms of the, yeah, the unstructured data that you're looking to go and manage there and have a very, you know, a very, a very strong purpose behind what you're looking to capture, as opposed to, we have loads of unstructured information in terms of PowerPoints and Excel and everything else. So therefore, we're just going, we just need somewhere to go and store it because we don't want to get lost, but maybe, you know, really start to work with a subset of that data, um, you know, a subset of that unstructured data and then expand out. I mean, is that a, a methodology that you would advise? Definitely, yeah. Start, start with something you can actually manage with and start working with uh, in terms of actually build, building up something from it quickly rather than spending all your time capturing as much as you can and then not having the time as a result to do anything with that data. Um, so final thoughts. I mean, and I really think uh, that what would be useful here for anybody listening is, you know, advice for anybody considering a data lake. You know, what is the, the one thing that you would, it can be more than one, but, you know, what are the main things that you think somebody should really consider before embarking? So, Shailen? Yeah, I was going to say, think, um, it, you know, data lake will, it's it's here to stay, it's, it will just grow. Um, things to consider are, do you need a data lake or do you need a data warehouse? Um, is it is it, you know, the, the data itself, is it is it more structured data, as Tom was saying earlier? Um, and what are you trying to do with it? You know, why do you need it in this environment? Are you trying to analyze it? Are you looking at reporting? Or are you looking at making it easier for people to access it? Um, but understand exactly, you know, why, why you need it. But I think the, the key thing for me, and um, because we've been asked this a lot, is, is it a data lake you're after or a data warehouse? Well, I, th I think the, the key thing really is to think about how you can start small with it and build on it rather than trying to gather all the data together to begin with. Think very carefully about how you can uh, capture a, a set of data that you can get some immediate value out of and then start building on your, your needs beyond that. So keep keep it very focused into and keep the scope of what you're trying to do initially as narrow as you can. So if you've got some IoT sensors that are throwing out masses of data, focus on that maybe. Or if you've got uh, Google Analytics data, then focus on something like that at first and build from that rather than trying to capture all the data and then start going, right, well, we need this bit, we don't need that bit. Because then all you, get, you end up with is the data swamp and you have to start unpicking all of that early on. 
yeah and that feels like a big job for me i think you know remember remember your um your governance processes remember your data archive processes you know make sure that you've got all the good data hygiene practices and processes in place to make sure you don't end up with a data swamp or or running afoul of any regulatory issues i think it's a big one so if anybody needs any help, um, they can come over so to clearlycloudy.co.uk for the UK and Europe or clearlysolutions.net. Um, all our contact details are there. I'm going to bid everybody a very happy rest of their day. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Andy. Thanks all.